Hello and welcome to the Ramen Profitable Podcast. My name is Atish Mazumdar and I'm here with my co-pilot, the great and powerful Chris Scott. And this is the podcast about testing out your ideas, taking your first steps, and really overcoming those obstacles on the way to entrepreneurship. Enjoy. Alec, I'm going to be honest with you. Golfing seems really, really boring. I have I volunteered at a fundraising golf tournament, mm-hmm. and it looked like the funnest thing ever. Really? Yeah. Everyone is terrible at golf. Oh, good. Oh, then, I, then I'm perfect for it. Great. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone is terrible at golf. I think the misconception is you have to be really good at it to play it, but no, everyone yeah. sucks at it. Everybody sucks at golf. Right. And the only reason why people play golf is to day drink and drive golf carts. Oh, okay. See that I can, I can at least understand because yeah, you're right. The, the barrier to entry is that like, I I've, I've, uh, I've gone to like top golf and stuff like that. And I'm, you know, I don't even have good form at just like whacking balls and stuff like that. But, um, but I just assumed to be on an actual like golf course, I had to actually like, you know, know how to do shit, which I definitely well, you have to make a, you have to make attempts to do that, but you don't have to be great at it. Yeah, well, I'll, I'll attempt it always. I'll always attempt it. <laughs> That's what I do. But besides all this, can we take a second and talk about uh, episode three of two? That's the latest, right? I think I'm up to date. Oh, you've listened episode to episode three? Yeah, that's that's the latest one, right? Yes. Dude. Bruh. Dude. Uh, this shit is getting real good. It's getting very, uh, like, what's the, I'm trying to make it, because I'm drawing too many comparisons to other stuff. It's got a, that noirish, you know, feel to it. But then over that, like, the the cold opening, you know what I mean, is like, um, uh, what is that serial killer movie? Copycat? No. Silence of the even, Lambs? Copycat uh, is the one with Sigourney Weaver, and she's like a serial killer expert, and there's a serial killer after her. Oh, no, I haven't watched that, but that sounds awesome. And she's like a recluse because she can't go outside because she has a stalker. Oh, shit. No, I, I haven't watched that one. Copycat. It's Anyways, good. point is, okay, so Copycat, I'm going to go watch that. But point is, episode three uh, so far is my favorite. What, what is it called? Something about breakfast? Don't skip never, breakfast? Never skip breakfast. Never skip breakfast. God damn. That episode is good. That one's uh, my favorite so far. Um, I'm surprised to hear that because I think that's the weakest episode so far. Really? Yeah. No, dude. It had all the classic, the fucking uh, Lindsay or Sally QRS or whatever the, oh, the, the line dad is. Joke? Yeah. Dude, yeah. That's classic Chris Scott. That's, that's uh, well, okay. So for me, it goes... Episode three, well, I don't know. I'll have to re-listen to two because now that was a week ago because I'm thinking it goes three, one, two in my order. Oh, just like the Die Hard movies. Is that is that what you think of the Die Hard movies? That's what I think the Die Hard movies are. Oh, okay. Okay, yeah. So, so far I've got three, one, two as my order. What? How many, okay. uh, I, I know you've already answered this before, Eight. but how many episodes are you doing? Eight episodes. Eight episodes. Cool. So, like, next week is the halfway point. Dude, it's a... Uh, it's good. I tomorrow's, like it. Tomorrow's the halfway point. And then. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah. And then we'll see what happens. Yeah. How many How many do you have recorded right now? Four. Almost five. 
<laughs> cool. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's, I would imagine it's been these- a process. That's the reason why I think three is the weakest is because that's the one we were playing the most catch up on. Mm. Like, uh, like I didn't have the score right away. I didn't have the chance to write it. Like I was writing it the morning the actors were showing up to record it. Oh shit! And, no and way. It was just like I was playing catch up so much with episode three for some reason. Maybe, maybe that's like the thing. You know, like, uh, what's another example of that? Like that kind of uh, dynamic. Um, I I know that there are some kind of of that, but it's like maybe just under pressure, you cooked up some real good stuff. I don't know. Yeah. Well, what's nice about this as well is you can change it on the fly. So while they're in the their rooms, recording booths, recording their lines, I could mm-hmm. rework a line if it doesn't sound right in person. Mm. And so it's that's nice. That's a nice, you know, safety net. Yeah. You're, you're able to, like, make sure you get what you need because you can. So are you listening to it while they're recording it? Yes, I'm, I'm present for all recordings except for the Hudson stuff so far. Okay. He okay. did that. He didn't have time to schedule on a, a session. So he just did it on his own free time, which was mm-hmm. work. It works out because it was just a voicemail. Yeah. 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 Okay. Cool. Yeah. That's, um, that is interesting that you're able to like get what you need, probably like in a live real time sort of sense as opposed to like recording the whole thing, going back and like cutting out pieces and doing that whole thing. I mean, I've, I've got to assume that's faster, but I don't know. I don't know either. A lot of lots of coordination. Anyways, point is, everyone wait, go listen to yeah, go listen to Tucson Heat. It's episode four. We'll drop tomorrow. Yeah, and it's uh, it's getting it's getting tight. It's getting hairy. It's getting I don't know other descriptive words. Yeah, it's, I was gonna say it's heating up, but that like you know is no. a little too obvious. No, we're saving that for a line of dialogue in episode five. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> No, I don't think we're using that line. Mm. That's a shame. It, that sounds very Chris Scott-ish. No, I think we are in four. Mm. I don't know. It's it's all blurring together. It's getting to that point where it's all getting muddy. But uh, thanks for listening to it, and I appreciate your kind words. Uh, yeah. If you if you could leave a review, I could. I'm, I'm wanting to make a trailer out of all the reviews we've been getting. Dude, definitely, definitely. Um, uh, I'll write up a review. It's it's so hard for me because there's no review in. I think I talked about this last week, but there's no review process on Spotify, which is weird. It's just the worst, yeah. So you because have that's to where do I listen to all my stuff. Yeah, you'll just do it real quick on Apple Podcasts. Can you? Is like that's just a website you can access, right? It's on. It's an app on your phone. You have an iPhone now, right? Yeah. I don't. Yeah. Wait, 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 wait. There's not. A native, there wasn't a native, oh, I guess there was. It's oh. a purple button, yeah. And you just tap on that. See, I don't use that. Weird. Let's yeah. look up Tucson Heat. Oh. Okay. Well, so, I'm still learning away around my um, my iPhone. Yeah, things I, I, I used to not appreciate, but I think after talking about social proof that one week, in trailers, there are always quotes from like critics. They're like riveting, yeah. exciting. It's kept me on the edge of my seat, you know. Right. Uh, and there, I never cared about that, but I guess people do care about that. Yeah, yeah, it's it's huge, man. Like um, even having a certain person on a movie, even in some sort of way, like like have you noticed? Um, 
and I don't know if you have because this is this is uh, <laughs> probably not up your alley, but there, uh, Hulu is producing a bunch of movies with that studio called Blumhouse. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yes, yes, they do the horror movies. Yes, they do the horror movies, and it's weird because it's it's a wide range. That one studio does everything from all the way like kind of actually good movies to the most dog shit movies you've ever seen. And it's it's really arbitrary because uh, in general, the ones with larger budgets are typically better. Uh, but but I don't think that's necessarily it. It's like they've they've also just decided that they're going to put out a movie every month like a horror movie every month that kind of goes with a theme of whatever the month is. So like February would be Valentine's day or something like that. Uh-huh. March is uh St. Patrick's day. And it's, and they're like, they range from being serious to being really ridiculous. But what's crazy is that they get a real, a lot of mileage because the Blumhouse studio was involved in uh, like one of the guys from it was involved in get out that, that Jordan Peele movie. So they put that, on like from the minds of get out or whatever on all of these movies but it's like no it's not you guys like one person from your studio worked on that movie that's it so it's from yeah. the mind first of all and from a component of get out it's not even like you know what i mean but but that's the social proof that that they are taking advantage of is that people are like oh man get out what a that was a crazy movie i'm going to watch this movie yeah you know that's what I'm saying? insane yeah so, like, you obviously don't want to be, like, misleading. But, yeah, if if people are reviewing your stuff really, really positively, I mean, that's why everyone puts those little con leaves all over their movie trailers, right? Because you want us to show that, like, hey, we won an award or we did this, we did that. So I, I think it's important and I think you definitely should. So here's my follow-up question, I guess. Um, I think you've already mentioned this, but I don't. I can't remember if this was on the podcast or if this was just like in a personal conversation. Um, are you leading up to developing another? Because you did a good cop, mom cop short. Uh-huh. Now you're doing the Tucson Heat uh, podcast. Are you leading up to doing another feature off that? Well, this spawned from not being able to make a feature because mm-hmm. the pandemic. COVID. Yeah, yeah. So we, I don't know. I, people are still out shooting stuff and I think they're crazy. Like why, why, why? I, and it doesn't, the stuff doesn't look that good. I really, I, 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 I understand if you're trying to do pickup shots to finish a project, but mm-hmm. just uh, doing something brand new during this time, it's, it can wait a year. Like, yeah, like usually most independent projects could use another year of working on the script and working with talent and doing all that, you know, finding props. But, uh, I just, I didn't want to be that guy to force something to happen during the pandemic. Yeah. Yeah. And you don't, you don't want to someone getting like, sick, someone, you know, yeah, not reacting well to the virus. You know, I just don't want to deal with any of that. Yeah. Yeah. Was, no, that's, that's, I mean, for instance, Tori's work, like they just stayed open the entire time. People got COVID, like employees got COVID, some of them like bad cases. It's like, why? Like, yeah. what What are you doing here? Like, what? I don't know. It's and I mean, obviously, it's a little more complicated than that. You know, I, I don't I wouldn't pretend that I. Oh, but back to uh, Tucson Heat episode three. I noticed there was the use of a taser uh, in that in that uh, episode. I'm just saying I'm available to be your taser consultant for, for any future needs. I don't know. Did we do did we do a terrible job with the taser? No, it was good. It was. Okay. Good. I mean, it ended poorly for the uh, taser user. I won't give any more spoilers than that. <laughs> um, so you heard episode two then with your cameo. 
Yeah, uh, I don't like <laughs> listening to myself at all. It was not good. Uh, Maybe that's why two is is the bottom of the three oh, right now for me. You're in it, yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you wake up to snow today? No, was it snowing at your place? Yeah, it's snowing in Tucson. What? No, yeah. it's 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 a little wet and it's gray out here, but it's not it's not even close to snowing. Yeah, all the mountains are covered in snow. The east side oh. is covered. Yeah. Awesome. That's that's fucking great. Uh, I uh, like I was thinking that I was kind of done with it being so cold uh, in Arizona. But then we had one day that like actually got close to being in the 90s again. And I was like, oh, no, no, never mind. No. Yeah. 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 So we're we're in for some good times. Um, I also wanted to I forgot there was a lot of stuff I wanted to open with this episode. (laughs) Um, I also wanted to just basically say I, I actually haven't gone back and listened to the audio or anything like that. But if people noticed on the last episode that the audio may have been uh, less good quality, uh, although I can't say that because I also have a bad habit of like pulling my mouth away from the mic and talking way out here. So, you know, maybe it was just as good audio. But the point being is that uh, I did something really boneheaded last time and I thought I saved it, saved the episode um, as a wave file, and then I went and sent it to Chris, but then it turns out that I sent him an older episode. And by the time we realized that, I had already exited out of Audacity that had the very audio file that I needed to send. So that's on me. Really sorry about that. Um, but, you know, hey, I've, I've uh, now it's ingrained that, you know, I'm just going to leave Audacity open. I'm going to save all my projects because I don't double save because that's how I got into uh, the whole Google Drive storage issue <laughs> that oh I've been having is, is that I save the Audacity file and then I save like the wave file that I send to you, which is no good. But it's like maybe it's important for me to double save because I'm an idiot, basically. No, it's just one time. Yeah. Yeah, we're all, we're all, we all make mistakes. Um, But anyways, last episode or last week's episode turned into more of a therapy session anyways, because Chris is very uh, astute or very talented at finding all my little hangups or all the things that I like cling to as, as uh, philosophical structures. And then he urges me to break up with those things as is his uh, terminology for that. So uh, last week was very helpful for that. But what we've been meaning to do and what I'm hoping we're uh, able to get back into today is uh, we had a list of these questions that we were kind of working through for entrepreneurs that are basically like what the what the article is positing is that this will help you like kind of push yourself to new new limits or new new kind of uh, thought processes about your business. So I was thinking we would dive back into those and complete that list. What do you think? I want to know how your week went. You want to know how my week went? Did you buy a blender? Uh, no, I did not. Did you buy a part to fix your blender? No, I did not. I did neither of those things. Did you just went out and got smoothies? Um... I didn't really do that either. I This week, I kind of just focused on just eating whole foods and not getting my nutrition all from shakes. Oh, nice. And I bet that I bet your gut health appreciated that. I mean, I don't know much about probiotics or whatever or anything like that, but I've, I've, I feel pretty good. I feel pretty good. And, you know, what was interesting this week uh, was that 
I ended up not, I ended up being not very busy, which is odd for me because I'm used to being like insanely busy, but I basically didn't like, like it got to the point. Um, and maybe you'll understand what I mean when I say this, it got to the point where I was getting nervous about like my job because I didn't, I was just ending my day at the normal time that you would. And I was like, man, do people not depend on me as much? Am I being obsolete? Like all that kind of stuff. But it's like, no, I was just telling people to do the thing that they're supposed to do. I wasn't doing it. Like I, I basically wasn't doing any extra work or I wasn't, you know, volunteering or basically being like, oh, don't worry about that. I'll take care of that. You know, because that's that's the most nefarious way I think that I end up doing things below my pay grade. Because that was that was basically the concept from last week. Just to recap really quickly, one of the main things that that Chris really pulled out uh, is that I end up doing just too much stuff because I'm wanting or willing to do everything, including things that are like just below my, not below my station sounds shitty. How would you explain what, what I'm trying to say here? Uh, something that doesn't, uh, I guess something that's more of a time drain than a push forward. Yeah, exactly. Something, cause it's like, Basically, you're always either trading time for money or money for time. Right. And the problem is when it, when the relationship in that formula gets really screwy, um, I end up trading my time for a whole a lot of things. And it's not it's not productive in any sort of sense. It's just me doing a whole bunch of like the, the case. What Chris is specifically referring to is that I started taking apart my own blender so that I could fix the components of my blender, which doesn't make any sense for somebody who's as time strapped as I am. <laughs> like it doesn't make sense to do that. Um, but that, that kind of mentality, it's like, it's a good thing until it becomes a bad thing because it also manifests itself in my business. Like basically, uh, my, my personal business that I'm working on flow roll, like it has to be that way because I'm not at the point where I have employees or that I can outsource work or anything like that. Although, um, my bonus check rolled in and like I said, I'm probably going to do a major outsourcing just to get like one massive product run so that I have it. Just so, you know, it's it's first gen. I don't expect it to be the be all end all or so great or whatever, but I want to I want to have something concrete. You know what I mean? Like I I want to yeah. I, I want to have something that's like, "Wow, I I like built this, you know, and it's going to be a, a limited run, but I want to have something concrete and I could do it myself, but it would take forever like it would take forever to the the volume that i'm probably able to purchase at if i was doing it independently it would take a really 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 long time whereas i can outsource this work um and it will be done accurately and well hopefully and uh it will be done in a much shorter time and then i can be spending my time doing other things like starting a little you know micro distribution plan and all that kind of stuff like who am i going to target and finding out like you know maybe i actually want to take this to another gym that's friends of mine so i don't actually know anybody there but i'd be able to expand the the kind of network of people who I'm getting talking about this and yeah, I'm able to do that. Group. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And I'm able to do that because I'm not 
just d- like I'm not doing every little thing myself. Yeah, you're not cramming powder into a capsule. Yeah, that's Although, hard to swallow. I have <laughs> I have found that they do have these like crimping tools that you can like stack basically a hundred capsules in a square and then you take the top and you just press it down so like i could also make my tools more efficient but it's like do i want to do that or do i want to invest my money into just outsourcing it and these are the kind of conversations that you have when you're kind of being more effective with your time as opposed to doing what i have done up until this point which is doing it all myself and i'm i don't even have the right tools for it i'm literally measuring on like scales and then taking this and pouring this and then I have to take another ingredient pour that and like do all this stuff it's it's a lengthy lengthy process right so that was basically the concept of last week is like what would you what would you do if uh you set yourself an hourly rate and anything below that hourly rate you just outsource to somebody else anything above that hourly rate and obviously you have to tackle that yourself and so I kind of did this week like that as a, as a sort of thought experiment. And I found out that I'm putting a whole lot into my day job, like my regular day job that like, man, there's a whole lot of that, that if I just held other people as accountable as I hold myself, I don't do nearly the amount of like 12 hour days and shit like that, that I was doing. And that was pulling me away from everything else. doing. Yeah. It is ridiculous, actually, that once I stop tying myself to being the person who has to solve everything, which I have no idea, like, that's that's a thought for a whole different episode, right? <laughs> because I can't unpack the, like, <laughs> the psychology behind that. But once I stop making myself be the person who solves every little problem that comes across my desk, all of a sudden I had a whole lot more time for it. It was, it's crazy. So I don't know. I, it's, it's, it's kind of a contrasting message here because on the one hand, you know, and, and I feel like we do a whole lot of like, not explicit, but I feel like you and I do a whole lot of ragging on like Gary Vaynerchuk and stuff like that. Not, not for any other reason other than a lot of his advice is just stuff that, you know, it's like, wait, you're supposed to start a business on that? Like, that doesn't make sense. You know, you know, it's just like, just hustle and do the thing and you whatever. And those are important things, but it's like, okay, but if you are actually teaching people how to be entrepreneurs, I think you have to give people a little more than that. Right. Right. So on the one hand, it's like, that's kind of the, I think that I was feeding off of that kind of energy or that kind of thought process because I was just like, no, I'm going to solve everything. I'm going to be the person, like, I'm going to wake up at this hour. I'm going to go to bed at this hour and I'm going to just do whatever it takes in between. But it turns out that that has some diminishing returns to it. Well, yeah, it tears you apart. Yeah, evidently. Unless you, um, unless you hit it big and then, and then you're just a, Ball of mess, a hot mess. Yeah, which I can tell you I have not hit it big yet. Yet. We'll see. But yeah, this week was really interesting for that reason because I I actually found myself like stressing out about like, oh my God, do they not need me as much anymore? All that kind of shit. And I was like, no, I'm just using my time more effectively. That's all. Right. You're you're actually executing your skill set in the range of work that you're supposed to be doing, not applying it to everyone else's field of work. Right. Which then allowed me to uh, kind of spend my time outside of my day job way more effectively as well. Because, uh, for instance, I'm doing a lot of like 
I'm not sure if this would be like what this would be considered, but I'm watching a lot of videos from other supplement companies who are like publishing their their stuff just because I want to see what this looks like in a smooth, efficient running, you know, and and I've just been watching those and like taking lots of notes and stuff like that. And um, there's a whole lot. I mean, my quote unquote process is like nothing because <laughs> I just do it all myself and there is no process currently. But um, it, it did give me a lot of ideas and a lot of jumping off points into into how I would want to do this. Like, for instance, there's this guy, um, Nick Bear, uh, who started his own supplement company. Um, and it's it's not the same kind of stuff like we're not we're not in the same fields or anything like that. So obviously uh, the stuff that I'd be looking at is a little bit more specific or targeted as opposed to like the general stuff that he does. But um, but he started it while he was uh, actually like deployed in Korea or something like that. So he it's like. He, the, he talks a lot about his process and like how he started up and all that kind of stuff. And it's amazing because uh, it's the same kind of constraints that I'm facing, right? Uh -huh. Limited time because I have a day job, uh, limited money because I don't have a lot of money, <laughs> uh, you know, and, and kind of this like divested. And he even is facing challenges that I'm not because he was trying to do distribution in the United States while he wasn't in the United States. I'm here right now. I've got a leg up on on his. I mean, now, obviously, he owns a huge manufacturing plant and warehouse and stuff like that in Austin, Texas. So, like, now he's doing great. Uh -huh. But when he first started, it's like, I actually have a leg up on this guy because I'm trying to do distribution in the United States and I live in the United States. Like, you know, so um, it's been really good to be able to to watch that and uh, and kind of figure out. uh kind of what the what the roadmap would look like moving forward and and now if i stop you know basically investing 110% of my time because i always have stuff hanging off the balance like i have a to-do list and i never complete all of it well that tells you that you're probably doing too much shit yeah so it's going to be a, a lengthy process but i'm going to start breaking up with uh or i'm going to try to start breaking up with my uh, preconceived notions about like what I need to be doing all the time. And like, I need to be doing all this shit. So, or at least save it for like end of quarter stuff where, you know, you're going to have to anyway. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's true. That's fair. Which unfortunately that is this month. Uh, well, well, I'm glad you had this week and I'm glad you figured all that out and the yeah. world did not end. The world did not end. Everything's going just fine. Everything's, you know, going just fine. I, uh, I think that deserves a pay raise. Hell yeah. What am I giving myself a raise to? <laughs> uh, the same, you know, same concept. Your hourly rate was $1,000 last week. Yeah, which is, which is uh, pretty, pretty high. <laughs> so this week, let's up it to $1,500. Man, that means I'm going to be doing nothing. Except for like major, yeah, okay. Yeah. Just major decisions. Just major decisions. Okay. Yeah. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm trying to see, uh, I'm right now I'm like weighing out, uh, cause I have different and they're all overseas by the way. Like I don't, I haven't found a manufacturing company domestically that like can, it sucks, but it's like, I can't meet the price. It's too expensive. Point. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's ridiculous how much I can like how much more I can be getting for the same price point point. 
if I do it overseas. And so it's like, sorry, are you gonna, guys. Are you going to send the work to your cousins? I mean, probably. Yeah. <laughs> probably. Yeah, exactly. Which which then alleviates my like guilt in that sort of sense about like, no, I should be, you know, given jobs to, you know, whatever. It's like, yeah, well, you know, th- they need jobs, too. Right. So. We're so a global all, economy. Yeah. It yeah, makes sense. We're a global economy. And, and this is all stuff that like I'm just finding it on the Internet. And what's crazy is that they also these um, these manufacturing companies actually can list uh, the other like companies that they've worked with. And some of them are legit as hell. So it's like, oh, sweet. Like I can like it's the same kind of quality of product. That's great. Yeah, that's awesome. So I'm pretty excited about that. I'm doing some like. I never knew I would get like this boring as a person. Like I'm budgeting and I'm like <laughs> doing this ridiculous stuff, but I've mapped it out in my YNAB, my major purchase to get product. So I just need to fund that line of my um, budget uh, a little bit more and then I'll have the money that I need. And then we go. And you rock and roll. Did you spend a hundred bucks on groceries? <clears throat> 200 bucks whatever you, ridiculous amount you were spending uh first of all it's 100 bucks second of all uh you know what i didn't even notice because i decided it's below my pay grade to care about how much i'm spending on groceries <laughs> backfire <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah well come on i'm you know if i'm spending 100 bucks a week on groceries which you say is uh a lot I would remind you that I've got a two-person household with an enormous dog. All right. All right. But also, you two are toothpicks. Yeah, that's true. Well, yeah, but that's exactly what I'm trying to <laughs> not have anymore. I'm trying to not be. God all damn right, it. All right. All right. All right. Well, we'll, we'll address that later in, in a future episode. Yeah, we'll, we'll address that on a future episode. Um I also had a lot of um, other, although this possibly should have been below my pay grade for this week because I could have been a little bit more targeted and focused, but I uh, also had a lot of other, as you and I are are burgeoning towards a, a, a podcast network or probably multiple streams here, I uh, had a lot of ideas as well as a lot of, uh, well, a lot of dumb ideas, but maybe one good one, so... Uh, I've got I was fired up this week. All the all the empty like all the hours that I got back were really, you know, allowing me to get a lot of thinking done. It was great. All right. One last question before your questions. Okay. Did you have dinner at five o'clock? No, I didn't. Uh. Actually. But I'm gonna have dinner at five o'clock tonight. Let's right. let's see. Let's find out. Okay. Okay. Let's find out. Maybe Chris is right. It's it's. I've heard that it's not a good idea to eat and then immediately go to sleep. So, you know, I I don't doubt that you might have something there. So, all right. Now on to your questions. All right. Well, we're doing uh, a lot of experiments this week. One of them will be five o'clock meal time, <laughs> and I will chart exactly how much i spend on <laughs> groceries, groceries. all right so on to these questions we are getting uh to the real deep dive kind of stuff here's one i've got for you actually because i'm interested to see 
because you're I think that like you're a little in a little bit more of an evolved or, or like higher evolved cycle of entrepreneurship. So I'm interested to hear your answer to this question. What was your mission at the outset of starting and how has that changed over time? The mission at the outset was to make money being a creative mm-hmm. and that hasn't changed much. I think what has changed is having more people on board with that being a possibility and less working with people that want to do corporate commercial stuff. Uh, okay, so so it it's changed by pivoting towards uh, it's essentially the, the like thing the- that has changed are the people I am working with. Mm, mhm. Mhm. Yeah. Yeah. And, and how, how do you feel like that has, do you think that that's just been a single, like single track sort of change? Like what I mean by that is, um, did you intentionally create that change such that you would then just be working with creative people and be more focused on that thing? Or did it happen kind of more organically, just de facto of you, like making the micro decisions of what you like and what you don't like? I think what it came from was working with a new person. Mm-hmm. And watching their process with their crew and seeing it mirrored with my process and my crew, if that makes sense. So like when oh, you're like okay. when you're in it, like it's hard to assess your like it's hard to point out the problems. Like when mm-hmm. you're in it, when like you're swimming in it. It's like, I don't know what's wrong. Yeah. What do we yeah. need to change? I'm saying these things, but no one's doing anything. But they're saying uh, this, and that's the opposite of what I'm thinking. But we're a team, so we have to work together and compromise. And it's just realizing that working with people that, let's say, don't believe in a project, don't believe in a story, that are just doing it just because, you know, they want to say at a Christmas party, they worked on a movie this year. Yeah. You know, they're not in it to win it and how that can hold you back and kind of keep you at a level that you just want to exceed, but you can't because everyone around you is kind of, they're not that they're holding you down. They're just they're not elevating with you and you need a team to elevate to the next level with certain yeah. creator projects. Yeah. I mean, that that's a super hard, I mean, I think what you're referring to is uh, the concept of like scaling essentially, because when you were making like student films or something like that, back when you were still in film school, um, you probably just did most of it yourself. Right. Like you, you probably like I don't know if you had necessarily a whole crew or maybe you did, but it was probably limited in that sort of sense. Um, so it didn't really matter. Like your reach was far wider. You would be better at being able to manage this small group and get exactly what you want out of it or at least closer approximation. But now you're kind of reaching this larger scale where you like speaking of the pay grade type of thing or whatever, it's like you need to put your focus into your stuff and you need the other people to be putting their all into their stuff. That way the whole thing runs well and runs efficiently and you get a good, interesting dynamic product at the end of it. But if people, what you're basically saying is if people don't really like believe or if they're not like really invested in it, then you can't trust them to, to, run the best side of their business or, or of the project, you know, completely. Right. They're not executing their task at a hundred percent. They're doing it yeah, at, like at an 30%. optimal level. Yeah. 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 Well, I guess, and, and like to compare it to film school, film school, everybody had like an assigned role 
So everybody mm. like had a task to do and it was to benefit them because if they didn't do well at their task, their grade would reflect that. Right. So everyone was like motivated in that sense. And so mm-hmm. every project, every person, you know, there was a director for each project and everyone was rewarded, not just the director because of the grade scale, because of, you know, points for the semester, whatever. Right. Yeah. Whatever yeah, your GPA is. or whatever. Yeah. 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 Uh, but once you step outside of film school, then it's everybody wants to do their own thing. And that's where it's the hard part to their the reward for the crew is no longer a grade anymore. It's, you know, what am I going to get out of this project? What can I, you know, gain from this? Yeah, that's see, it's, it's very interesting for me to like kind of learn from your perspective on these questions because it's like, I'm not there yet, but I had somebody express interest in being like, Oh, that's a really cool project. That's a really cool idea because we do, um, like the, the gym is open on Sundays, but not like nobody knows that nothing is scheduled, just it's open. And some of us all go hang out and we roll and we do whatever, you know? And so that's really those days where I'm bringing stuff to the gym just because it's like, it's not, I don't want to fuck with anyone's specific. Like this is their class. This is how they make money. This is how they do whatever. It's like Sundays are just kind of our free days. We do, we do whatever. And so those are the days that I'm really bringing product. And so there was this kind of new, newer, new-ish guy who was there and he was really excited by it and which was cruel. It was, it was great. But, um, and he was like, asked me like more about it and he was kind of interested. Like he seemed like he was interested in like getting on board, but it's like, well, first of all, dude, I don't have anything for you at this juncture in time. Maybe I do. Maybe, uh, you know, just like how, when I push things off of my, or when I, uh, increase my, uh, what, what were we calling it? my hourly rate? Uh-huh. And so therefore other people had to do the stuff that I was doing. It like freed up my time. It's like, maybe there would be that same effect, but number one, I'm not quite ready to give up some of that control that I have over everything right now. Even if it does mean that I'm making weird powder concoctions at my kitchen table, like even if it means that I'm not ready to kind of let that go because right now we're at such an infancy stage that it's like, any kind of thing that leads you off the path is going to be a massive sort of disruption because we only have this much done out of a, you know, massive project that needs this. So, so, and then also second of all, it's just sort of like, I don't know if you, I like this person, you might just care about it in the sense that like, Oh, it's cool. And you're trying to like start a business in jujitsu, which is like, that's cool. That's something that, you know, but I don't know if he has the same kind of like follow through or any of the acumen or like anything that he would actually want to do this and like, you know, have to, cause you're still going to have to work your day job and then you're going to come have to hang out with me and we're going to, you know, have to be on this for hours. Right. You know, so it's, I'm just not ready. So it's, it's interesting to hear about your kind of shift from going from like crews that were doing it for the credits or for the, the grades in the case of film school, or to, you know, say that they were on a movie versus the people who are like, actually, uh, as you put it in it to win it <laughs> in it to win it. Yeah. And it's amazing how much more is getting done and yeah, we were slowed down by a year, but actually writing this eight part podcast is a mm-hmm. huge, huge project. It's a huge feat. And there's three of us working on it now and we're all, you know, fighting to do a good job at it versus someone just showing up on a weekend to record a person for the podcast. Yeah. It's, it's a completely different ball ball game right now. 
Yeah, and it, and it absolutely shows in the product, the end product, because that's what I'm saying. It's like the storyline being laid out the way that it is and like all the interesting like openings and whatever, like even just the ways it sounds kind of dumb, but even just the ways that it's super professional, like the way that, um, you know, you kind of have like a cold open or something like that. And then you go towards a uh, uh, like a uh, intro sort of thing. Like you even have a. a a uh, warning, like a uh, uh, what is that called? I'm saying a, a disclaimer. Lot, is, a disclaimer. Yeah, you have a, yeah. you have a disclaimer at the front. It's like even just little elements like that just are upping the game of what your end product is, and it would be super difficult to do all of that stuff yourself. You know what I mean? Like it's it's just uh, it's impressive that that you know you're able to really upcycle when you have the right talent in the right places. Here's kind of a general sort of question, and. I'd actually, huh. of the success that you do have, because I know the first thing you were going to say is something shitty, like I don't have success or like whatever, but of the success that you have seen and that you do have, what do you, to what do you attribute that success? I think it's been my mindset. Hmm. Okay. I think the mindset of wanting to be different and not wanting to be LA Hollywood system. I think that's what mm -hmm. I think makes what I feel are successes, uh, successes. The idea of doing, you know, different types of screenings, working on a podcast like this, you know, it's, it's rewarding and it, and it's, it feels good to hear back from local talent and crew saying, you know, Oh, this is a great project. I want to work on this more mm -hmm. versus, uh, uh, I gotta go do this vampire yeah. movie, you know? Yeah. And I feel like trying to be different and fresh and moving forward, having that mindset has led to successes in my head. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, I think that's, I think that's definitely true. And, and you can hear how that kind of is how you're articulating about that throughout all of this, right? Because you're, it's essentially the same thing that you're looking for in team members and coworkers and all that kind of stuff is the same thing that you're delivering on yourself. Like your own mindset is that instead of making this just something you are doing to do it or just to get the job done or whatever, you are specifically looking for things that are, you know, what do you want to work on? Can I bring myself my best, like what allows me to bring my best self to work every day? And then the product is better as a result of that. Like of you just actively wanting to do the work of you actively being engaged and interesting of you, you know, um, wanting to get the best elements out instead of just, you know, settling for whatever or just doing getting the job done, so to speak. It's like it, it does. I think that those are the kind of micro decisions that you don't appreciate or like I, I'm I'm speaking about myself now, <laughs> obviously, Um I think those are the things that I didn't like still I'm like I said, I think I said this last week, I'm a recovering academic. I'm a recovering uh, kind of plan guy. Like my parents had made a plan for me. I'm still recovering from that. And those are the things that I didn't appreciate that I was younger, that it's you actively do better in your job or in your own business or on your own projects when it's something that you really, really want to do. And, uh, that enables you to be like passion is a word that's thrown around too fucking much. I can't stand it, but it's true that when I'm actually, 
you know, it doesn't matter that I don't have that much, like I don't have that much experience in like making supplements or running a supplement business. I don't, but I like to do it. Like it's, I do, so I don't mind fucking packing hundreds of pills on my kitchen table and I don't mind like having to, um, I do things all the way from like, I'm taking, uh, I'm retaking a, uh, biochem course online uh, for free. I'm not paying for it. <laughs> uh, but I'm doing so because now I have office hours with a professor and I can ask him about some of these major questions that I have that like, you know, I've been out of school for a while. I need some refresher on like, how can I optimize this? And now I've got somebody to do that. Boom. Boom. You know what I mean? And it's like, I actually am interested in doing this. So it's like, it doesn't matter that I'm, you know, tired or that I, uh, you know, et cetera. It's like, this is how you get a good end product event is like actively just giving a shit. (laughs) And, and it turns out like those are the kind of micro decisions. So I think that's why a lot of these articles that you read when you're younger about like how, you know, how to pick your career, how to do that stuff. It's like, unfortunately it comes a little too soon because I, uh, probably like a lot of people who are, you know, just getting out of college or whatever was panicking about how I was going to make money. Yeah. That's it. That's it. And it turns out that that's a trap. It's like, you don't see it at the time. And I certainly am still recovering from this. So I still fall into these bad habits where I'm just like, what do I do to increase my salary? Like all that kind of stuff. But it turns out that is a trap. It's like, if you, the money will follow if you just find something you're interested in and make sure you get real fucking good at that thing. That's it. Yep. It, it doesn't have to be more complicated. Um, I think we've already covered this on the podcast, but I'll go ahead and ask anyways. What made you choose this type of business? Uh, I think for me, I asked the question, what do I enjoy most in life? This is my 18 mm-hmm. year old self talking to myself. And it was movies. So I was like, I'm going to pick that for college and let's see where it goes. Yeah. See, and and that's kind of what I'm talking about. And that's, you know, you probably won't appreciate this um, or you won't agree to it because uh, I don't know why. But uh, but this, I think, is just like I think you have to give yourself a little bit of credit in how actually, you know, uniquely brave in a sort of sense you are. Because it's, I just was chasing, like, it's like, what was the piece of paper that, like, was going to give me a paycheck that would give me a 2.5 car garage and a white picket fence? That's what I was doing at 18. Like, it's such a different concept to be, like, to actually be able and, like, cognizant to do that, like, level of soul searching that young to be, like, what do I like most in life? Okay, how do I do that? What, like, what do I, how do I turn that into a career? That's fucking great. And like that is the actionable advice that like you should be giving to 18 year olds. But unfortunately, all they're they're all kind of doing the same thing that I did, which is like, oh, like I need to work at a firm where I, you know, take papers from my inbox and put them in my outbox and make, you know, X amount of money a year. Like that's basically the the ideation and not to get into a whole conversation about, you know, th- this whole side of it. But it's like. Ultimately, society kind of needs uh, to get most people on board like that because. Well, I should probably elaborate more on my uh, uh, self-discovery in this process. Okay. 
I uh, I made that statement though. That's true. I made that statement, but then I went out and I tried making a short film, mm-hmm. and it was pretty good. Okay. And then I made another one. Well, the first one didn't have any dialogue in it, and then I made another one where I wrote dialogue, and it was like twenty five minutes long, uh-huh. and people sat down and watched the whole thing, and they thought it was funny, and I'm like, all right, maybe something's here, and then I went to school and started pursuing it. Was that supposed to, was that narrative supposed to tell me that, like, if anything, that's even more, <laughs> was that narrative supposed to make me think like, oh, never mind. Okay. Chris is like giving a disclaimer. It turns out he's not actually, it's like, that means you were willing to execute on something before you even like, like, do you see how you and I are completely different people? And it like boggles the mind that it's like, man, I just, I, I never would have had the. I still don't like I, I have to like talk myself into being like, no, 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 no. Just do it. Who cares? Like, you know, you are you can be good at these things. You can do this. Like you made movies to validate your assumptions about what you like and before you had the formal training to do so or something. It's like, do you know how much time in my life I spent chasing degrees <laughs> just to like be a guy with a paper? And I still don't feel like I'm qualified to do anything. Right. Like, I I don't feel that way either. I think the thing that also comes with uh, a decision like that is the, the, the skill of perseverance and just, Mm -hmm. just like, just waiting it out. Just, you know, being patient, waiting for the day where it all just, everything just turns in your favor. And it seems like that day is never going to come, but hopefully it will. Cause you never know. (laughs) I mean, that's where I'm at right now. It's like, I'm pushing 40. Why am I still doing this? I feel like a film school student, but their movies look way better than my movies because freaking film school students have fancy cameras at their universities. Mm. But uh, yeah, I still feel good about it sometimes. I, I think that self-doubt is a, is a very natural thing, but it's like it's your ability to compartmentalize that self-doubt and then also to be able to like act even in the face of self-doubt or something like that. Like those are critical things. And I like what you said. Um, I don't know if you use the same word or did you, did you use tenacity? No. Okay. Well, I've, I've long said that tenacity is a learned skill because I did not have it for the longest time and I had to learn how to get it basically. Um, so I completely agree with you there that like tenacity is, is a, is a learned skill. It's not, it's kind of like how everyone just assumes that like love is given because you got to love all your family members. Right. It's like, no, No, it's earned. Yeah. Yeah. It's earned. So, so I, I can completely appreciate that. Um, that, uh, that idea. I think I know the answer to this, uh, because I think that it be it, the the question is more framed in like your probably your commercial work, but I guess this is all in the interpretation. So I wonder what your answer to this will be. Uh, have you ever turned down a client? And what I will I'll, I'll take the first answer as have you ever turned down a client? But then I also want you to answer. I'll restate the question. Have you ever turned down a project? that you like your own project, because of course you've probably turned down like commercial projects and stuff like that. Actually, I don't know. I'm assuming, but have you ever also had an idea for a project and you turned yourself down? Ooh, 
Good question. Wow. I'm trying no I no, I think everything every idea that I have is on a list and it's like on a to-do list. It's really long. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it's uh it's on the list. I think the one thing that I probably turned down that I probably shouldn't have was uh, I was invited to move to LA and like have a roommate in a very nice place mm. and at a rent I could afford if uh-huh. I just got like a Starbucks job. Yeah. And I probably should have done that. Why do you say that? Because it would have been, you know, more relationships in the world of Hollywood. Yeah. Uh, access to talent that are, you know, pretty big names kind of nowadays. Uh, you know, maybe meeting more, even more people like networking, the networking part of things, mm-hmm. getting, getting, you know, your foot in the door. But at the same time, I don't regret saying no to that because I would have probably been, probably been stuck working in a field that I would not want to be working. Yeah. In. Yeah. That, that's a complicated dichotomy to kind of walk on. It sort of reminds me of um, you and I have a mutual friend or she, she's more your friend and I met her through you. Um, at one point in time, we were going to work on a short together, which didn't pan out. Do you know who I'm referring uh-huh. to? I don't want to use names specifically, although this is a pretty exciting thing for this person. So maybe we should be plugging it. But uh, I saw on Instagram the other day that she is actually in a movie that is going to be playing at like Harkins Theaters. Do you, you know who I'm talking about? Yes. And that movie's playing here in Tucson. And uh, I should go see that movie. Yeah. Yeah. You should probably go see that movie. <laughs> um. But the point being is that it's like that's one of those things that makes me question a whole lot because it's like it's sort of like what I was always saying about, you know, there's this girl I know who just started acting like an influencer and then just became one like it it just happens. So it's like to some degree or another, it's it's almost like just doing the things that. You know, it's it's that uh, Tony Robbins concept of uh, you want to take the island, burn the boats sort of thing. It's like this mutual friend of ours moved herself out to, I presume, L.A. I actually don't know. Uh, yeah, she's in L.A., but that film that she's in is a Tucson film. Oh, I just assumed it was an L.A. movie that then made its way over to Tucson. No, no it's okay. a Tucson film and it's only playing here in Tucson, which is oh. still pretty exciting, but still. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I, well, no, I had the wrong impression then clearly, but right. Well, that's, that's the thing about it. It's like the, the facade of it. Like once you dig, like you just scrape off the first layer, then it's like, Oh really? That's, and then it's snowballs into, Oh, I guess it looked different than what I thought it was. Yeah. 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 No, I I see what you're saying there. Well, I mean, either way, the, the point still remains. It's like, it kind of begs the question that there these kind of like crazy bets that you make on yourself. It's like, just do you ever kind of, and this is more of a large scale conceptual question, but do you ever kind of think that maybe the difference between yourself and somebody who quote unquote made it is just like, they just assumed that they could like, let me restate the question. Um, for a long, long, long time, uh, people thought that a four minute mile was physically impossible. They said that like humankind can't do a four minute mile. And then that guy, Jim Thorpe, um, 
important to Native American history. Everyone should, yeah, whatever. Look it up, yeah. Look it up. Do your research. Um, But Jim Thorpe goes and he runs a fucking four minute mile. He does it. And I'm fairly sure he did it in two unmatched shoes. Oh, wait, that's a, that's a different Jim Thorpe story. I'm not going to confuse the two. But uh, there is a there is a uh, it's it's a legit story that someone stole his shoes. And so then he just ran in like two different shoes and he still broke a record because that is what a bad dude Jim Thorpe was. But anyways, the point being is that then all of a sudden after he beats the four minute or he gets a four minute mile. Um, people just start doing it. And now you can even see, I mean, certainly super talented and athletically gifted kids, but even high schoolers are doing it. Yeah. So the point is, is that do you ever kind of think that maybe the difference between you and somebody who quote unquote made it or did, etc., um, is that they just like believed that they could? I think so. I do think that there is, um, a uh what's a good word what's a good way to say this i saw a thing about this on instagram and i meant to save it because we've talked about this a few times Mm -hmm. but i do think that dummies are more successful because they don't (laughs) know anything different Uh you know they're just like there there's no you know they have no consequence to their saying so like yeah i'm this and then they just you know, do it. And people believe them because they say it with such confidence. Right. Whereas, you know, some people be like, I want to be this, but I'm not there yet because I'm trying to get to this level without recognizing the level they're at right now. And that's kind of holding them back. So it's kind of, I I don't know if there's like, if a a switch happens, if we, you know, one day you were to say, I am a supplement maker and people are like, Oh, let me buy it. And then you give them a bag of powder they would probably still take it and have all the benefits and stuff. And maybe, I don't know, but I think if you have, you know, like a bottle of pills, maybe that'll be like, make you look more legit, but I don't know. I really don't. I think there is a, like a density, like how people can be dense. Yeah. I think the more dense you are, the more confidence you have, the more, uh, you are able to take larger steps forward because you just don't know any better. Yeah, 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 yeah. There, it's like there is kind of a, um, you're insulated by foolishness in a sort of sense, but then as a result, you don't have as much self-limiting belief as like other people do. There's a there's a line from The Simpsons that um, because I, uh, I'm you already know this about me, but uh, probably listeners don't. I uh, have a fanatical knowledge of The Simpsons that was not like based of going to trivia nights or any bullshit like that. It's like, just as a kid, I watched the Simpsons from the time that I was like six or seven until the time that I was, you know, uh, in my twenties. So I'm still in my twenties. Uh, but I'm going to rubbing it in my face. Yeah. Well, I'm going to keep saying it for the next, uh, eight months that it's true. Uh, but anyways, um, Uh, so, so I just have this fanatical knowledge of the Simpsons. So basically there's this, uh, episode where, uh, Homer gets, uh, they find out that he has a crayon stuck in his brain and they remove the crayon and it turns out it was like impinging a lot of his like processes. So now all of a sudden he's smart, but then all of a sudden he finds out that he's unhappy. And so Lisa draws him or has a graph and she says, I make a lot of graphs. 
uh, here I've charted happiness against intelligence. And she's basically saying that as intelligence goes up, happiness tends to go down. And my sister and I say that all the time because we're just like, yeah, it's like, wouldn't life be a little bit more pleasurable if not like, because of course this is a, this is a limit, right? Because if you are really mentally challenged, then of course life gets very, very difficult. And we don't mean to be, you know, um, making light of that, but wouldn't like, just imagine like 20 IQ points. If we just shaved off 20 IQ points, we would probably be less aware of how fucked we are. (laughs) You know what I mean? So it's like, you would just, you would just do things at that point. So I don't know. It kind of feels like that's, that's one of those concepts. All right. I found, I found the, uh, I found the thing I was, uh, uh, talking about on Instagram. What's that? It's called the Dunning Kruger effect. Oh yeah. The Dunning Kruger effect. Yeah. I know exactly what you're talking about. And you know what that is, right? Sure. Why don't you explain it to us, Chris? Uh, it's, I guess it's the, uh, a hypothetical cognitive bias stating that people with low ability at a task, uh, overestimate their ability. Yeah. So and I can give you a highly real skilled example. people underestimate their abilities. Yeah. Yeah. So here's kind of the interesting, um, like how this ends up panning out. There's uh, a person who used to be in my life is no longer uh, who just got onto this path of ear beating everyone around him slash her about how they're wrong about just about fucking everything. And there was no conversation that didn't turn into an argument after a period of time. And it was just like, it was just a fucking ear beating. Meanwhile, this person has no control over their own life. They don't like it's it's just the cognitive dissonance there is incredible. And so this person really doesn't even understand how like they're too dumb to know how dumb they are, basically. And so they just like assume that they're a genius. Meanwhile, I'm smart enough to know that I'm fucking dumb. You know what I mean? It's like, I'm smart enough to know that, oh yeah, sure. I did well in school and I'm, you know, an asset to this company. But in reality, there are people out there. There are the Elon Musks of the world who think on levels that I just cannot, like I am just not capable of doing so. And therefore I have a good measure of where I am on the scale. Yeah, I I totally agree. The Dunning-Kruger effect is real. And in general, I, you know, ah, I don't know. No, no further comment on it because I don't, I don't want to go too deep into that situation of my life, but you actually, I think you know this person, maybe, uh, maybe, uh, I don't think it matters, but it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. The point being is that like, just, um, I, I guess, uh, it's important to have a, like it's it's a balance, right? Because that's ultimately what this conversation is coming down to. You need to have a realistic view of what your skills are, what your attributes are, and what you need to do. But you also have to have a little bit of that like craziness that says like, I'm going to take a moonshot and I'm going to go for it. So I think I what think- it also is, is finding the, or, re, or having a realization of the accomplishments you've made that puts, elevates you probably higher than how you think of yourself. Amazingly well put, because that was something that's something that's been on my mind recently, uh, because we raised our hourly wage. Well, that but also Matthew McConaughey said something actually very similar uh, 
in his book Green Lights, where he was he was basically saying that like you need to record your wins because otherwise like life has a t- tendency of averaging your, yourself out that you might have some wins, but then you have some losses. And so now you kind of think that you're just, you're in this average position. But in fact, if you start recording all the wins that you've had, you've re- you'll realize how incredible your work or your product or who you are or whatever actually is. So it's, uh, I think you're right. I think you're onto something there. And I want to tell one more quick story before we wrap up. Please. That kind of applies to this, but really doesn't. I just want to complain about it and be upset about it, if that's okay. Yeah, please. So the like, I was invited to move to LA, right? Mm-hmm. And so this person was on a Nickelodeon TV show. He, we all know him as Steven Kramer Glickman. Right. Uh, you call him Steven Kevin Glickman, but Kevin is my friend. Kevin and Glickman no, were friends. No, I call him Steven Tyler Glickman. Something like that. But <laughs> Kevin and Steven were friends, and then they're not friends anymore. And I was friends with Steven as well. And it's been a year since I talked to Steven. So I recently wrote him an email asking if, if he would be on the podcast. Mm. So I'm like, he's got a little bit of celebrity. Yeah. You know, I've done favors for him on his past projects. You know, it's I didn't move out there to live with him. And he got stuck living with his girlfriend. So I don't know. I'm sure it's fine. I'm sure it all worked out. But uh, he said no. He gave me like a really weird no. And uh, I was kind of bummed out by it. Interesting. And I wonder if I had moved out there, uh, what what the whole situation would have been. Obviously, the podcast wouldn't have happened. But I just wonder, hmm. like, what was going on in my head to think that this was an okay email to write? And I'm wondering if I was impostering myself into thinking that everything is just hunky-dory in the world and not considering relationships. Hmm, that's an interesting question because that that was like a Shyamalan twist there at the end because I hmm I think it's I think it goes comes down to which is something I I I never care about. I've never cared about this ever is, is when you're friends with a couple and they break up. Who are you yeah. friends with? Oh, I've never cared about that sort of thing. I don't care about that either, but I guess people in LA care about that. Uh, so yeah. I don't know. And I'm just over here. Wait, wait, know. was that the tone of that? Like it wasn't about just that he doesn't want to be on a podcast. That was the tone of his response. No, the response was very uh, polite and generic. It was like, Hey, thanks for reaching out. Uh, sorry. I don't think this project's in my deck of cards at the moment. Uh, I said happy birthday to him cause his birthday is like in four days. So I was like, mm. happy birthday. Uh, talk to you soon. And then he's like, uh, but he immediately responded too, which I thought was crazy. Hmm. Well, there's a lot going on there. But, but I'm upset. Uh, I'm upset because if the roles were reversed, I probably would have done it. I would have been on his funky little dinky podcast. From well, Arizona. I mean, that's that's ultimately uh, these are the choices that we you know have to live with. So th- those are those are the things. It's like he has chosen not to. We can respect that decision, but also know that you are the person who would have said yes. And that like th- those are the kind of things that like instantiate the character of who you are, but also who you want to be and who you end up becoming. So I don't know if you're if you're you know when you're in your 40s now in the future 
and uh, you're you're uh, you're making lots of fucking money on residuals from your Amazon film, then uh, you know then make sure you it in show- his face. No, <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I know. No, I sound show up on right someone's now. podcast is what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, no, I, I just want to uh, complain about it just because. Hey, no, I I get it. That honestly would drive me crazy. But um, I think something we should talk about is this idea of what is a perceived step forward versus keeping you from actually moving. So there are some people here in town that uh, I, I keep getting referred to work with because they're pretty good. But every mm-hmm. time I talk to them, they tell me their response always has this like pretentious feeling to it. Mm. They're like, oh, that that doesn't align with my path, which is something similar to what uh, I got from Glickman, which is fine. Steven Tyler Glickman. Right. And I, I wonder if, you know, that's something to worth talking about. Have we I think talked it about is. that already? I think that I think that that basically comes down to and I think we should explore this uh, next episode or maybe, you know, whatever Um, we should explore this. But it's basically this is such a frat boy sentence I'm about to say, but it's the difference mentally between playing chess and playing checkers because chess or checkers, you really only move forward. Like you can move backward. I think I I don't really even play chess. I don't or checkers rather. Uh, I do play chess. Uh, Speaking of, if you play chess, we should play chess online. We'll move on. Um, But checkers, you really only move forward. Whereas sometimes in chess, it's advantageous for you to move yourself backwards in order to move forwards or even like laterally. Like you basically have to see the game in like three dimensions, essentially. Um, And I think that that's a problem with a lot of people, including, for instance, my past self. Uh Is that I only knew the one way to go and you don't understand actually how rich and interesting life can be when you don't think in those sorts of terms and how lim- much you are limiting yourself actually by, by only thinking in those terms. So I think that's uh that's definitely something to investigate. I, I would actually be interested in reading. Like, I wonder if there's typical, you know, me is that I'm looking for a book on it already, but I'm wondering if there's a book because I would love to learn about the psychology of that uh, uh-huh. and see how I can like per usual, everyone, <laughs> everyone thinks that I, uh, read all these books so that I'm just like more informed about stuff and whatever. And I can like talk about things and it's like, no, you've got it all wrong. <laughs> I'm, I'm doing it so I can harness that power and use it against you. Like, <laughs> don't, you don't you understand? <laughs> yeah. Read your own books. Yeah. Read your own books. I'm trying to weaponize knowledge here. Um, yeah, no, I think that that's definitely something valuable to explore and per usual, what a soul searching and thought provoking episode of ramen profitable. This is exactly the kind of content you can (laughs) expect. (laughs) Chris, do you have anything to plug? Uh, check me out uh, at elephant scout on all social media and then our podcast Tucson heat available wherever podcasts are found and please leave a review. And a like for this podcast and for that one, please. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to double double click on that. Um, definitely go. I mean, definitely listen to this podcast, like, comment, review, uh, Ramen Profitable. But also, also definitely listen, like, comment, share, uh, review on uh, Tucson Heat. Uh, because I am up to date. Looking forward to episode four. And uh, it's it's been really exciting and really great to listen to. Um, perfect for dog walks because every episode is about 30 minutes 
right? Yeah, 20 to 30 minutes, yeah. Yeah, and uh, that's exactly the amount of time that I want to be walking Grizzly before a training session or something like that, so it's perfect uh, for that. Really gets me fired up. Uh, you can find me at Atish Mazish on social media. Um, basically, I never had a Twitter. I think I had one, or like I got the domain, but I never used it because, mm-hmm. frankly, I think Twitter is uh, just a medium that I don't understand. Uh, but yeah, find me on social media and shoot me an interesting book, uh, whether business or not. I am running out of content to read because I'm firing through books pretty fast. <laughs>